Good evening, brothers and sisters. I really thank God for the privilege to again share the Word of God with you, especially this is the last sermon of the series in Walking in a Worthy Manner. I hope by now you are answering the call to walk in a manner worthy of your calling. You know, we have uh, heard from the last two weeks from, from Pastor Mabel and from Pastor Darren that rejoicing and being at peace with one another are also important to the unity of the body of Christ. Now, unity is really not a virtue or the attribute, but the ultimate goal of our calling, as Paul encouraged us in Ephesians chapter 4. Therefore, today, we will be looking at how we can build up one another until we attain to the unity of the faith. You know, Paul uses two analogies, the building as in a structure and the body. So I was thinking, should I use the building or the body? Since Paul used both, then I also use both. (laughs) I thought it is really good today to read Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 to verse 16, as we wrap up this series. I don't mean to test the scripture reader's ability to read. In any way, I thank Jeffrey for helping me to read the entire 16 verses. Let me test this. Ah, yes. Before we continue, let us open this time with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, may your Holy Spirit give us wisdom to know your words and in humility to accept them in our hearts and to put them into practice. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Let me give you a short overview of the book of Ephesians. Actually, not the whole entire book until chapter 4. Now, Paul's letters to the Ephesian church is written to Gentiles like you and I. And in chapter 1 and 2, Paul assures that the Ephesian Christians and us that we are sharers of the richest of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. You can find that in Ephesians 1.18. And we are no longer strangers. We are not strangers. Okay? Neither are we foreigners, but that we are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. Well, who are the saints? It wasn't, uh, Paul did not mention, but probably they are the Jewish Christians. Now, in chapter 3, Paul said that the salvation of the Gentiles, that is, you and I, are the mystery of God revealed through the church to the principalities and rulers in the heavenly places. Not flesh and blood, not human being, but principalities and rulers in the heavenly places. And that's spiritual. No wonder when we read Ephesians chapter 6, that very famous passage that talks about the armor of God, 
we have to put on the armor of God not to fight human beings, but to fight the principalities and rulers in the heavenly places. Now that they know, they are preparing to wage war against the church. Now, back to chapter 4, Paul actually urged us to walk worthy of the call to keep to the unity of the Spirit with the bond of peace. If you follow me in today's passage, okay, verse 3, you can find that is what Paul is trying to do, that we should keep to the unity of the Spirit with the bond of peace. And then he moved on in verse 4 to 6 to say and declare that there is one body, one spirit, just as you also were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all, through all, and in all. Now, if you count all the ones, huh? Unity is the aim of Paul's call in chapter 4. So, this is how we are going to build up one another. Here are my three pointers. First, build up yourself in the knowledge of the Son of God. Then, build up the body of Christ in the unity of the faith. And third, we cannot be building without aim, right? So the aim of our building is Jesus Christ, and He is the foundation and the cornerstone of our building up. Now, the point number one, build up ourselves in the knowledge of the Son of God. This is not really a sequence. Later, I'm going to show you a flow chart. Okay. Now, Paul in verse 8 cited Psalms chapter 68, verse 18, when he spoke of Christ's gift given to us by his grace. Now, Psalm 68, verse 18 actually speaks of a conqueror. In this case, Paul is referring to Jesus Christ, returning triumphantly from battle and ascended on high, possibly seated at his heavenly throne, bringing the loot and the prisoners of war with him as gifts to the people. Now, having conquered all the realms of the earth as well as the underworld and death, by his resurrection, he gave us the fivefold ministry gifts, not only to strengthen us, okay, to empower us, but also to keep, equip us to do the work of ministry as well as to build up the body of Christ. Now you see the familiar picture of this hand, you know. You know, Pastor Aaron showed us this hand, left hand, when he started this series, okay? So now I'm going to show you another hand. This is the right hand. Now left hand, right hand, right? So balance. Okay. Now, the fivefold ministry gift, the apostles, the sent out ones, you know, we usually, I usually call them the missionaries. They are out there, the sent out ones. And prophets, not so much of foretelling what is in the future, but rather foretelling 
calling people back to God. And then we have the evangelists winning souls for Jesus Christ. And then we have pastors who care for all those who are under his flock. And then we have teachers, teachers to help us to attain to the knowledge of the Son of God. Right? We need to equip ourselves so that we can equip others. If we are not equipped, how then can we build up one another? So, equipping is really a way of building up as well. It's just that it is building up our spiritual being. Now, I would like to ask this question. How many of us here do not really know who Jesus is? Anybody? Don't be shy. I don't know who Jesus really is. You know, the more we learn about Jesus, the more we find how little we know about him. And then Pastor Joseph was telling me, he says, huh? the more I study theology, the more I realize I know very little about Jesus. And I think it's true. I agree with him because the more I read the Word of God, I was like, oh, I learned something new about Jesus. You know? yeah. So we need to know from the inside out everything about the Son of God so that we are no longer to be children tossed to and fro by waves and, and carried about, you know, by every wind of doctrine and by the trickery of people, by craftiness of deceitful scheming. By inside out, I'm referring to, you know, from the Holy Spirit. We let the Holy Spirit be the one to teach us and, and give us wisdom in our mind. In other words, we become mature Christian, able to withstand the false teachings, able to identify counterfeits, able to remain sure and steadfast in our faith. Not like some people who goes around looking for people who speak words that will tickle their ears. And you can see Paul warns Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 to 4, that the time is coming, and I believe is here today, when people will no longer endure sound teaching. They will no longer endure rebukes. But having itching years, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passion and will turn away from listening to the truth because the truth sometimes hurts. And they will wander off to myths on sermons like health, wealth, and prosperity. But Paul went on to say that we need to speak the truth in love. Sometimes truth, like bitter medicine, can be difficult to swallow, but it is really for our healing. Now, the author of Hebrews Chapter 12, verse 11 says, For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. How do we do that? How can we be trained to know Jesus more and more? Just by listening to sermons every Saturday and Sunday, not enough. Okay. 
I do encourage each and every one of us to do our devotion regularly. Regularly as not five minutes, but at least 15 minutes to half an hour so that you can reflect on what the Word of God is speaking to you in your devotion. And to join Christian education classes whenever that is available. And to join cell groups, Bible study, and so on. So we must long to soak ourselves in the Word of God if we believe that these words are life to those who find it and healing to our body. Well, you don't have to go to the soakability church to soak yourself in the Word of God. Right here in All Saints, you can do that. Point number two is that we must build up the body of Christ in the unity of the faith. Now, when we are fully equipped, you, each and every one of us, when we are fully built up in our spiritual life, we then are able to begin equipping one another. Now, since we are ready or confident to equip, we can volunteer to build one another by teaching, showing others our, by our action the truth about the Son of God. We can take on the roles as a cell leaders or assistant cell leaders. We can help to teach or show others who are younger in faith to walk in a worthy manner. The goal is that every believer is to be on the same page. You know? That is, to have one hope, to believe in the same God, to hold to the same one faith, and to be baptized by that one same baptism. Don't go around and say, hey, your baptism is by sprinkling. Uh. Is it valid or not? You know? Or you must go to this pastor or that pastor to lay hands on you, otherwise there's no power. You know? But it is really to our naiveness to say such things because God does not show favour to some and not to others. Remember, God shows no partiality. Neither is salvation given by baptism, but rather by faith in Jesus Christ. You know, St. Augustine of Hippo says, a sacrament is an outward and visible sign of an inward and invisible grace. So, baptism is not, is a sacrament but it's only an outward sign. Salvation is by faith in Jesus Christ. Now, if you are given the gifts for certain ministry, you have to use them, you know, to minister to those who need it. If it is the gift of healing, then pray for healing for that person who needs it. If it is the gift of mercy that you have, then show mercy to others. And if you have the gift of hospitality, then be hospitable to one another. In this way, we will begin to build one another up towards that same goal, and that is to attain to the unity of the faith in Jesus Christ. And move on to verse 16. Verse 16 says, With everyone operating in our gifts, everyone operating in the gift that is given to you, okay, Though we may be 
as individual, as long as we are of the same focus, then when the joint and uh, when we are all joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, that means everyone has joints, we are equipped, you know, and with each part working properly, then that makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Basically, that means when we are fully mature, we will be in automatic mode, you know. We naturally, we will be building one another's up. My third point. Now, when we have already begun building up, we cannot say, hmm, let's go back to the drawing board and see what is the end. There is no aim. Nobody starts to build something without an aim, you know. But for us, the building up is Jesus Christ. That's the aim that we are aiming for. And He is the foundation and the cornerstone of our building. So in attaining to the knowledge of the Son of God, our aim is to reach to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. A very long sentence. Now in NLT, it says, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. And in the ERV, which is the easy-to-read version, he says, oh, just like Christ, you know, and have all his perfection. But I like the contemporary English version that says, just as Christ is, and we will be completely like him. We do not only know everything about Jesus, but we actually become like Jesus. And this is our goal, building one another's up. Not that we can really achieve to be like Jesus, but that this is our aim and goal of leaving out that Christ-like nature in us. Paul says, imitate me just as I imitate Christ. Now I ask question, why didn't Paul ask the Ephesian church to go and imitate Christ directly? Why must imitate him? Y'all got the answer? I mean, you would have guessed it. They have not seen Christ. You know? Paul did, and he is showing them the way of Christ, just like we are showing one another the way of Christ, as Paul has shown us. So in attaining to the unity of the faith, Paul says we are to grow in all aspects into Christ. Not one, not two aspects, but all aspects. Okay? And when I look at all the three versions, three versions that I mentioned earlier on, they all have the same uh, word that is in every way. Grow in every way. Growing in every way. So all the three versions of the Bible mention the same thing. Growing in every way, that means all aspects. It is not surprising that as individuals as well as corporately, we are to be like Jesus in every way. And we should not only look like Jesus, but behave like Jesus, act like Jesus, and, the, and have the attitude, character, and thinking of Jesus Christ. 
it is like as if an outsider, you know, when he or she walk into the church and look at us, and he cannot make out who is who because everyone looks the same. We all look like Jesus Christ. Right? You see, it is really not about us. It is about Christ, right? And Paul to the Philippian church in Philippians chapter 2, verse 2 says, Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Paul's message has never changed. It is unity for the Christian churches so that we can imitate the triune God. One God in three persons, but in unity. And so that we can withstand the attack of the enemies whose main purpose is to divide us and separate us. I remember Pastor Darren last week told us about the divisive history of the Christian church. This is something that we must strive to keep, and that is the unity of the faith. Paul, in Ephesians chapter 2, used that analogy of the building, citing Jesus as the chief cornerstone. Of course, I'm no expert in building. I believe some of you here in the construction line would have understood cornerstone better than me. But one thing I do know about cornerstones are that all other stones are aligned according to them. The chief cornerstone will be the reference stone for the rest of the building. If Jesus is the chief cornerstone of God's temple, then all of us who made up the temple are to align ourselves to Jesus Christ. There shouldn't be wayward stones. Wayward stones will be used as tombstones. No. Jesus sets the standard and we follow suit. If I may use a present-day illustration, it is like the military drill, you know. There is a right marker, we call it right marker, and the rest takes reference from him and create that formation, whether they are standing still or marching or making a turn. I'm sure you all know who is the right marker in the picture, right? The odd one out. You can see the odd one out here. Yeah. Everybody is turning, looking at the right side, you know, and he's looking in front. Okay. It is important for him not to join the rest and start looking to the right side. And he will lead other people astray if he were to do that. But he needs to stay focused, and that's where Jesus is. Jesus Christ stay focused as to fulfill what the Father has given to him and we all look towards him as our right marker, the church in formation. Now, Jesus is not the only chief cornerstone, but he is also the very foundation stone we are building our lives on. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 to 22, Paul says, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grow into the holy temple in the Lord. 
What is the foundation of the apostles and prophets? None other than Jesus Christ, who is the chief cornerstone as well. Therefore, our faith, our humility, our gentleness, our love, our patience, and so on, are all centered on Jesus Christ. Jesus is the basis of our being. He's the basis of our character, behavior, attitude, as individual as well as corporately as a church. Now, if I can present the flow of Ephesians to you, it will be like this. I took this picture a few days ago. Pastor said, take it at night, nicer. The cross is not working. <laughs> but thank God I took this picture. Not too bad. <laughs> okay. So gifts are given. You can see at the bottom, five-fold ministry gifts. The gifts are given to us to equip all of us. Right? Equipping the saints. Right? And then to do the work of ministry and to build up one another. Right? What is the ultimate? So that individually, it's a two-pronged thing, you see. So that individually, you will attain to the knowledge of the Son of God and corporately attain to the unity of the faith. And what is the ultimate aim? The aim and the goal of our building up is situated at the top of the spiral. That's Jesus Christ. So as I conclude, let me summarize these points. We must first be built up in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The unity of the body of Christ. Okay, just this body, okay, let's say. The unity of this body of Christ count on each of us individually growing in the knowledge of Jesus, the Son of God, in every aspect every way. And we must be built up in the unity of the faith in Jesus Christ. As in, it also counts on us corporately how we regard one another, value one another, welcome one another, care, witness, rejoice, bear with one another. It also counts on our goodness, our forgiveness of one another, our love for one another. How we should speak the truth in love as we admonish, serve, and suffer with one another. Let us not give up building ourselves as well as one another in the faith by exercising all that we have learned through this series until it is our nature to keep to the unity of the Spirit with the bond of peace. And of course, let Christ be the aim of that building, thus fulfilling all our call to keep to the unity of the Spirit. By setting Jesus as our aim, our goal in life, as individual as well as the body of Christ. I believe that when we are fully mature, we will all be walking in a manner worthy of our calling with which we have been called. Let us pray. Father God, 
you have called us in every way to grow up in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, so that we can build one another up in the unity of the faith that is in Jesus Christ. May you give us the strength and the willing heart exercising the gift that you have given to us to build one another until we are all matured men and women in Christ to be that beautiful dwelling place for you through the Holy Spirit. And we pray all this in Jesus Christ's most precious name. Amen.